Hello and welcome to Business Talk with Chris Hazel. Today I'm joined by Tosin Ajayi from Tosin Video Productions. Tosin, stroke Tosin, help businesses to market their products and services through video. They can help from them conceptualizing the video through to filming and editing and distributing the content. So welcome Tosin. Thank you very much, Chris. Thank you for having me. Great to have you. So, um, yeah, first question is to find out a little bit about yourself. Um, how did you get into video? Tell us a bit about your career uh, up to where we are today. Well, yeah, this is a story that I tell, and it goes all the way back to when I was five years old in the 80s. And film, I always tell people that film is one of the first things I ever understood in life. I remember one of my earliest memories is being in front of a TV and being at the age of five in Nigeria. I mean, at that time, I would have been in a town called Aba in Nigeria. And... Um, I'm just being in front of a TV and getting it. I'm going, oh, yeah, I get this. This makes sense to me. This isn't real. That guy is going to die in another show next week. I get it. I understand it. And I had such an affinity for film and TV and all that, that my mom ended up saying the very, very mum thing of, look, if you spent half as much energy on your schoolwork as you did on watching TV, you'd be a straight A student. To which I replied, look, I don't spend any energy on this stuff. I just understand it. I just get it. It makes sense to me. But growing up as a kid in Nigeria in the 1980s, film film making equipment was hard to come by. As such, it wasn't until I was 25, that was 2005, that I could actually afford a computer that could handle video editing because by this time we'd gone to digital video editing. And I was that could handle video computer, I could, I could afford a computer that could handle video editing. I got myself a PowerBook G4, if anybody knows that. It's now like a relic, but it was an absolute, it was an absolute top of the range in 2005. And, and um, I got myself a PowerBook G4 and it could handle video editing and I just started playing around. And I remember the first thing I ever edited was I was I was on a seven month course in America, and the, those of us who were on the course we did a DVD to commemorate our time together, and I I edited a lot of the DVD together, and and I remember that was the first thing I ever worked on, and uh, I have to say that the other person who edited some of it was Katie Cooper. I need to give a shout out to Katie. And after playing a after playing a couple of years, playing around a couple of years, and just messing around with stuff and putting things together, I was working with the church, and every time there was like a, a campaign going on, I would want to do the video for it and all that. And after playing playing around a couple of years, someone turns around and goes, "Oh, we want to do a karate demonstration video. We'll pay you." And I was like, "You can get paid." <laughs> <laughs> because growing up, I mean, as a Nigerian, or the, there's there's always been like you know, uh, there, there's always a joke going about it that there's five there's five professions that a Nigerian parent is willing to pay for: doctor, lawyer, engineer, finance, or maybe pharmacy. That that's those are the five things, and. Anything creative was not on that list. I remember my dad asking me what he wanted to be when I grew up, and I was like, actor. And he was like, no, nobody gets paid for that. No, 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 engineer. So I go to the post, and it's a shock to me that you can get paid. Someone would want to pay you for making a video of them doing a karate demonstration. And then YouTube happened. YouTube happened, and when it blew up, after a couple of years, people started realizing this isn't just about cats. This is actually a massive marketing tool, probably one of the best market tools that the world has ever seen. I went back to university. I'd done my first degree in chemical engineering because I was a good Nigerian boy and I did an engineering subject. I did, I did my first degree in chemical engineering and I did my second degree. Um, a second degree was in science media production at the same university, which is all about making documentaries and radio shows on scientific topics, which is uh, where we, so we had lecturers who come in from the BBC and they tell us, okay, this is how we make, uh, oh, what's it called? It's not Panorama, but the, 
there's a science program on the BBC. I can't remember what it's called. And um, Tomorrow's World, or that's probably a bit. Tomorrow's World is a bit old. Tomorrow's World is a bit old. But but one of our lecturers had worked on Tomorrow's World, but I can't remember what the. Uh, modern version of tomorrow's world is but but things like click i know there's one of the click is the technology one but it was it was also it was also the sort of things that um i lectures on that's what i did my second degree in and it is something that i then i came out of that thinking i was going to end up working for independent tv companies who work with bbc and channel four and make the shows for channel four but i as you know how life happens met somebody thought oh yeah you know what i wouldn't mind having had them i wouldn't mind hanging around there for the rest of my life she's a doctor we were in london and doctors if you don't if you don't know much about um, i mean i know it's on the news now i'm junior doctors but if you don't know much about junior doctors, they do not get much choice about where they end up in the first 10 years of their life as a doctor. So we were in London, wanted to stay in London, but she got a letter from the NHS saying, congratulations, you'll be working on the Isle of Wight. <laughs> so, so I was like, so everything changed. I was working for a church and I think that job I was doing with the church, I think had ended up becoming an excuse for me not doing more stuff creative, not doing more stuff and not, not living off my wits, not going freelance. And but then when you go to the Isle of Wight, there's no independent television companies there. So it's not as if I can go work for one of those, which is what I thought I would end up doing. And it was a case of, well, I guess I'm setting up that business that I've always been kind of scared of doing. But I guess that's what I'm doing now because I'm getting married and I'm definitely going where my wife's going. So the NHS puts on the Isle of Wight. I'm moving to the Isle of Wight. And so I set up the business on the Isle of Wight in 2014. And I can't remember... I think your original question was answered somewhere along there, but I can't remember what the original question was. <laughs> <laughs> it was just to give, yeah, give me an introduction of how you got into film and, and, and bringing us up to date. So was it toe, was it toes in that you started in 2014 or was it a different under a different? Oh, okay. Guise? So, so, okay, I know that this is an audio podcast and doesn't work for people who are listening to it, but I mean, you can see it and you can see that I'm wearing a hoodie with with a logo on it. And that was the original guys of the business. So when I first got there and it was kind of like, it's kind of one of those things where you're like, I've just set up this business and I don't know what I'm doing. I need to, I need to name it something. So the logo you can see is kind of like a T, but in a Superman kind of thing. Yeah. And this is actually a logo that when we were leaving London, a friend of ours, Brittany, Brittany, Brittany Kamrooding, Brittany made a card because she does a lot of craft stuff and she made a card and her, her farewell card to me had that logo on it and so i was like oh wow it's a t in the superman thing oh t for tosin and oh i was like i'm using that so i used that on the first the initial form of the of the business was called tajai media so my first my first initial for t for tosin my last name ajayi so i went tajai media and this is one of those business things that I learned after a while. I was just, I need to call it something. I'll call it that. Tajai Media. Website's tajai.com. And I would be on radio shows on the Isle of Wight. And people would be like, oh, yeah, so uh, where can we see some of your work? And I'll be like, well, just go to my website, tajai.com. That's T-A-J-A-Y. Oh, no one's listening. No one's listening. <laughs> If I did that in if I did that in Lagos in Nigeria, then yeah, people no problem. Ajay, everybody gets that. You do that in England, and people are like, "What? Hey, Jay, what was there? G in that?" It, it just and I, I realized after a while, this is probably is not that memorable. But I would go to along to networking meetings, and I would say, "Hi, my name is Tosin." For those of you who ha might not be familiar with a name like that, just think Toes in. 
And people would be like, oh, yeah. And people would remember me whenever I said that. It would make me stand out at networking meetings. And they'll come up to me and they'll be like, oh, I remember you. Yeah, something to do with an appendage, wasn't it? Something to do with an appendage. <laughs> and, and they would remember Toes In. So after a while, I was like, okay, people remember this. I'm going to change the name of the business. So I went from Toes In Video Production. So I say that I named the business so people would pronounce my name properly. <laughs> And and um, when you set up, did you obviously you're in a new part of the world um, with uh, you know uh, just an idea, I guess? Did you how yep. how did you find clients? Did you have people waiting? And also at this point, had you done more than just the karate video, or was that um, was there sort of more in between before you started going properly into it? No, I'd done a lot. I'd done a lot. I mean, um, there was stuff that I had done while I was on the course. So I'd done documentary films. Like my final thesis, so to say, for the course that I did for the science media production course was a documentary. It just, it's called, you can still find it on YouTube. It's called Lab Coats and Jazz Hands. And it's about a bunch of science students doing musical theater, which is something that I did myself. I knew a lot of the people in there. I'd done musical, I'd been in shows with them and all that I, because I did musical theater and I considered myself to be one of those, like a science kid that did musical theater that because there was this idea that oh you, you're either arty or you're sciencey and we're like no you can be both <laughs> and um so um so set, so i'd done a lot I'd, I'd filmed shows on stage i had done like documentaries i had i'd, I'd done all sorts of stuff video wise was that, was that Which, pe- paid for work or was that oh no no you doing as part for part of your course this no um, this was uh, no a lot of it i was doing a lot of stuff before i even did the course a lot of it was uh, done for fun a lot of it was done for fun a lot of it was done with the tv station it's called ictv now in those days it was called stoic at imperial college london a lot of, the, a lot of stuff was done with it and it's funny because a lot of people who worked at the tv station the student tv station have ended up working professionally in tv now because it they, they had quite quite a good setup. I, I, the more I think about it, the more I think we had a lot of good stuff there. And, but also just playing around with things, putting things together, putting like little, little jokey things, like jokey promos for things that were going on at church. There was a, there was a series of talks called Love Life that was all about relationships and stuff like that. And we put together this promo that still makes me laugh till today. That and it's, yeah, but that was all just playing around. That was, I wasn't getting paid for any of it. So, where, so because I played around in video, by the time I set up the business, I had quite a bit of I had quite a portfolio of stuff I had done, but I also could see how this was going to work with businesses. Uh, and uh, and at the beginning, it was difficult. I think part of that was being on the Isle of Wight. And the Isle of Wight is a lovely place to live. It is my favorite place to live in the UK that I've lived in the UK. But um there are some of the jokes that people have about it being like, you know, 50 years behind the rest of the UK have some truth to them. And so people are like, oh, I don't know why we need a video and all that kind of stuff. And it took me about, I, th- I think I, I spent two years at the beginning of my business learning how to speak small business because it's all about, it's not just about what sh- you can see it, you can see it and you can see why people should hire you. But you need to speak a language that makes them see why they should hire you. <laughs> you can't just walk around going, oh, yeah, yeah. And like, you know, oh, video is going to be great. I had a, I had a saying that was like, oh, video is the future of online marketing. It's even still on my website. But people were like, well, I don't market online. So what do I need that for? And I remember that. I, I remember thinking that, okay, what's it's all about? It's all about it's a bottom line. It's a, For most small businesses, it's the bottom line. And it doesn't matter how great 
your service is, you need to have the, the most businesses need to have the bottom line. So most a lot a lot of the times I would have people when I would go along, I think networking, networking is one of the biggest things I've found has ever brought me business. So I started walking around just asking people. There was a chamber of commerce on the island and I went and asked them ask about the chamber of commerce. What happens? They're like, oh, join us and pay us and find out. I was like, no, I don't have any money right now. I'm still trying to figure things out. And by asking people around, you start finding out about different businesses and you ended up in different business groups. And I remember though I ended up in one called the Island Business Network, which I I, I actually went to another business group. Someone said, I'm going along to this thing. So I went along to it and I was like, okay, cool. This is what I need. I need a group of people who are around me, who are doing business, who are trying to find business for themselves, who could probably find business for me. This is what I need. And so that's where I went uh, went along. But most people would come up to me and they would ask me and they'll say, I want to do a one minute video. How much would that cost? And that is a real how long is a piece of string question, because I'm like, well, what are you filming? I mean, how hard is it going to be to film what you want to film? How many people are going to be in the video? Do we need a drone? How many locations? But by the time you've asked three or four different questions, your average small business owner has run for the hills, screaming, going, oh, my God, you're just you're confirming all my worst fears. You're going to bankrupt me because I think that there's still this idea that video production is going to be quite expensive. And there's some things that if you do, it will become expensive. And there's some things that if you do, you cut the cost. But so people just run for the hills. And I learned after a while, like after about two years, I was like, I'm going, okay. So small business owners, all they want to they want to hear a number. They, they want to hear a number. That's what they, they they don't care what you do. They just want to hear a number. And so I figured out. Uh, and if you look on my website now, there is like a, a one minute video offering, which is like a one minute video for three hundred pounds. I can get you a woman through through it. So I got to the point where I figured out what is the minimum that I can do that is actually going to be helpful for a business, but does not screw me over. Because I I don't want to end up having the whole thing where you do this thing and it works for the business, but then I'm saying, oh, yeah, just pay me five pounds. And then I have nothing for that. So I figured out a way in which this works for me and it could work for the business and it's actually quite inexpensive. So what happened, what started happening, it, it wasn't 300 pounds back then when I came up with it. It was a lot, it was cheaper, but obviously inflation and all that. And so what happens now is that the small business owner comes to me and says, I want to do a one minute video. How much is that going to be? And I'll be like, well, it starts at 300 pounds. And then that means that they actually go, okay, hang on. That isn't that bad. I can handle this. Then they sit down and they actually tell me what they want. <laughs> so <laughs> they actually tell me what they want because they they because the initial fear has been taken away. Then they can actually tell me what they want and we can figure out what's actually going to work for them. This happened to me yesterday. Somebody said, oh, I've seen the 300 pound video. Let's talk about it. I explained what was in the 300 pounds and it was like, actually, no, we need more than that. We need you for a day, not just an hour. And then it's become this bigger job. But if I hadn't had that 300 pound thing, they wouldn't have come to. So it's it's lessons like that, that I think whatever you say, whatever any book says, however business thing, business theory you go through, what it comes down to is trial and error is my, is my experience. I mean, even you, we're doing this podcast. It's a trial and error thing. You're like, well, let's see yeah. how this goes. <laughs> let's, see, let's see how this goes. And it's so... Um, and I think you do the trial and error. You figure out what happens. You figure out what works, and then you go, "All right, cool, that works. Let's do more of that." And um, and so yeah. is that is that now your biggest is that your biggest seller? The sort of the one minute video, or that's your hook to get people in, and then maybe they do do more with you. Or yeah. it, it's uh, I, I think it works more like a hook. It's it's it. In my head, when I first came up with it, I thought, okay, this could be the biggest seller and I could do well, maybe five of these a month. I don't do anywhere near five of those a month. 
because the bigger jobs come in. But what happens is it it's even though, okay, so I mean, we met in a networking meeting. We met in a in a networking. If it's okay to say the name, a BNI. We met in a BNI in a BNI group. And what happens there is that when I go in there and I say I can do a one-minute video for three hundred pounds, even I did this at a chamber a chamber of commerce meeting the other day, and it piques people's ears up. They're like, because there was somebody there who is part of a marketing agency, and she knows. Hang on, three hundred pounds. How does that work? Because she knows that most other videographers, when you talk about one minute, one minute video, they're not getting out of bed for less than two, two grand. And so it's a case of, okay, I need to come talk to you. I need to come talk to you. Why the, how, how do you do this three hundred pounds? What are you lying or what kind of witchcraft are you using to get us the three hundred pounds? And then when I explain it to her, how it, how it happens, she's like, oh, okay, cool. Now I get it. But without that hook. May have not have had that conversation with could end up being a very very good thing. So I don't sell a lot of the three hundred pounds thing because I think it just helps people to come speak to me, and then when they speak to me, they go, "Oh, oh, actually, we could do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe." We... So I think it I think it leads to more. It leads to more because, quite frankly, if I'm going to be honest, most businesses if they're going to do video online video marketing, they need more than one the one video. They need something that's going to be more regular, and so that's why I would that's why I would I would. Um, I would suggest to businesses that if I was consulting, if I was advising, that's what I would say. But the but I know that not everybody has that money. No everybody, no everybody has that money to sort of like you know invest to begin with and all that. So come up with something to just help them. Uh, one of my taglines is like helping people dip their toes in to video marketing, and it's like and that's a lot of who I work with. People who are doing their first video, and it's just about helping you put it in there to see is this going to work? And oh my god, it is going to work. Let's do more of it, if that makes sense. Definitely, yeah. So where where does it um where does it take them? So it, I guess they might start with this one welcome video or whatever it might yes. be the one minute video um yes whatever guys that is but the yeah just where do they get it out do they just they just putting it on your website you talked about sort of helping with distributing it um yeah what's what's the plan of attack from from creating the video um to it yeah working for them it generating money yeah so the video, when it comes to putting a video somewhere, when it comes to distributing it, I always say YouTube. Number one, first and foremost, YouTube is still the daddy. Whatever anybody tries to do, YouTube is still the daddy. So I would say, even if you're going to have the video on your website, put it on YouTube and then embed it from YouTube to your website because then you're not hosting it. Then you still get the clicks. You still get the, because Google owns YouTube anyway. So if you have a video that, for if people are searching for you and you have a video I'm sure you've had it happen to you. You search for something on Google and a video pops up. So it's, I I always say, put it on YouTube. Then it starts becoming a bit more about where your clients are. So if you, I met a, um, okay, obviously once again, at the moment we're on Zoom and I have a background, which is a time-lapse of people doing a, a, a roof. It's one of the things I offer to people in the construction industry. And I met a company, I think uh, AT&T Carpentry, and they, uh, they're local to me. They, they, I don't work with them or anything like that, but they do what I suggest everybody does, which is that they know where Instagram, people are going to find us on Instagram. So what they've done is that they, every job that they're doing, they're renovating a sort of classic antique staircase and they're, they're, they're making it look like they're changing out this sort of banners for this other thing. They put up the phone and they start doing a time-lapse and they do a time-lapse of every job that they do 
put it onto put it on Instagram, put it onto the reels, and because they know that is our that's where our people are, that's where our clients are. They're on Instagram, so they put it on there. They have millions of views of some of their videos, and it's just a time lapse of people like re- replacing a staircase, and they get a lot of business through that. It's so crazy it, that those, those sort of videos you get uh, like carpet cleaners and things like that as well. There's, there's something yeah. satisfying about watching that type of yeah. work. Everybody says that there's something really satisfying about seeing it happen and seeing it happen quickly. So, so you know, and it's and it's and and so um, it's about sitting down with the client and figuring out where your client, where where are your clients? Some of them are going to be on Facebook. Some of them are going to be on Instagram. I think TikTok is a growing thing, although I am yet to find a really good business case for how it depends on what you sell. If you sell stuff to teenagers. Then teenagers, then TikTok will probably be quite good for you, but it's but it's about saying who are you selling stuff to, and then figuring out where that video goes. I think YouTube is the default. Always put it on YouTube because everybody's on YouTube. I don't think that there's any age demographic that goes, oh no, YouTube is too. I mean, Facebook. Now you have young people who think that Facebook is an old person's thing. Nobody thinks YouTube is an old person's thing or a young person's thing. Everybody's on YouTube. So I would I would always say YouTube, and then from there we'll figure that out, and then figure out also um, with the video. It's one thing having the video, but then it's another thing actually pushing it out there. And I think very inexpensively. For about fourteen pounds a week, you can put, you can promote a YouTube video. You, you, you ever watched a YouTube video and you've seen another another video pop up before the video you actually want to watch? Yeah, I keep telling people you could be that annoying person. You could be that annoying person that interrupts somebody else's video to go, "Hi, I live in your town and I sell this," <laughs> and, and it's it's very easy to do that. And uh, and so after doing the video, that's the next step of what I do is helping people actually advertise it and push it out there and making sure that people actually see the video. Cool. And so um, may as well get something from you while we've got here. What are your top tips for someone who's looking to make, uh, say they're, they're dipping their toes in, uh, they're making oh, yep. the first video. What's your, your top tips for, for that video? I actually made... I actually made a I made a series of videos about this, which are on my website. So if you if you go to so toes in, think about the things at the end of your toes, uh, end of your feet rather toes. So spell it like that: toes in, like putting your toes in. Toesin.com forward slash phone. And if you go to toesin.com forward slash phone. I have on them my tips because this is something I came up with during COVID lockdown because. Obviously, COVID affected a whole bunch of businesses in a whole bunch of different ways. I think for you, Chris, it was probably a crazy time because of all the things the governments did with like mortgages and all that kind of stuff. And so and because you could do those remotely, it was a bit easier. But for someone like me, where I had to go and film with people, the going to film with people thing was taken out of the window. So what I had to do was I had to figure, OK, I was like, OK, so I can do the filming. I can still do the editing. But everybody has something in their pockets, has a phone in their pocket that can actually produce some very high quality video. So I was like, what if I just train people to do the filming themselves and then I can do the editing? <laughs> and so if you go to toesin.com forward slash phone, that is where you would find um, a much more expansive version of what I'm about to say on there. But the first thing I would say is script. Write a script. Do not turn on a video camera unless you have a script. Because once, if you turn up a video camera without having a script, that's when you start wasting money, you start wasting your time, and you start wasting anybody who's going to watch you, you start wasting their time as well. If you don't know what you're saying and you're trying to figure out what you're saying while you're filming it, 
So have a script. It doesn't have to be anything um, complicated. It doesn't have to be word for word. What I recommend is actually having a headline, what you're going to be talking about, figure out what, you, what your introduction is going to be, figure out what the outro is going to be. And in the middle, have three bullet points of what you want to say. So if it's going to be, if it's an introduction video, have three things of, I want to say, I want to introduce myself, say my business, say where it is or something like that. And then, you know, hi, and those are things that you should be able to do quite easily. You should be able to say your name. You should be able to say the name of your business, what your business does, and say where it is. And then, and that's your script. And then go out. That's it. So the number one thing I would say, over and above everything else, have a script or have an idea what it is you want to say that has been that has been agreed, set, and then turn on the camera. Because you've got, the, you've got a template for that, haven't you, on your website from... from I do have a template. Yeah. I do have a template for that. For the one-minute videos, um, that's part, part of the reason why I can get it to be that price point is because it's a template. People just fill out the bits in red, and when they fill out the bits in red, they have end up with a one-minute script. So that's the, that's the number one thing I would say is have a script because without that, you start wasting money and life energy, and it's not worth it. Um, then the if I run through the other things quickly, I would say it's about the tripod, the tripod and the camera that you or well, tripod on the phone because if you're going to be filming doing yourself, you're most likely going to be doing it on a phone. Get a tripod, get a good phone, use the back camera on the phone. Think about your lighting because lighting is something that messes up a lot of videos. I mean, even in the early days of Zoom, what would happen? What tends to happen is you. The people, you, we don't realize how good our eyes are. The eye is an amazing piece of kit. And every single camera, all they're trying to do is replicate what the eye can do automatically without even trying, <laughs> without well, without us even noticing. And they, when you try to replicate what the eye can do with a camera, you realize how amazing the eye is. And so you look, let's say you have some bay windows. You look at the bay windows, it goes, oh my God, that looks amazing. You know what? I'm going to take a picture there. I'm going to film myself there. I'm going to do a Zoom meeting in front of those bay windows. And you go and sit down there and all everybody sees on the Zoom meeting is a silhouette because the camera cannot do what the eye can do and go, that's a person, bay windows, let me adjust the light. The camera can't do that automatically. So I would say, think about your lighting. If you're going to film yourself, I would say film yourself facing a window because then you get all the light on your face and people actually get to see you. And if people can't see you, it sucks. Then the third thing I would say is sound. Oh no, this is the fourth thing. Fourth thing is sound. Sound is actually, sound is the secret weapon of video. If, I would say people would much rather watch a badly shot video with good sound than a well shot video with bad sound. Because it's, if you can't really hear what people are saying, not worth it. So think about your sound, get yourself a microphone of some sort. Even if you're filming on your phone, there's things you can get really inexpensively that attach to the, especially now that phones don't have headphone jacks anymore. You attach them to the bottom of the phone and then you can wirelessly just talk and you can still be picked up on it. And it's better sound that the phone microphone itself can pick up because the phone microphone ain't that great. It isn't, it, it isn't meant for the form the phone microphone is not meant for um for talking or well for presenting so to say it's for so um i would say figure out the sound then there's framing which i'll explain uh, that ex gets explained on the website you've got to think about whether you're going to do it horizontally or vertically because of where you're going to put the video and then you've got to think about the editing but number one if you hear nothing else if, if all i've said has just been a whole bunch of blah 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 scripts <laughs> Script, script, script. Get a script. <laughs> and that's what I would say. Cool. No, 
really useful and um and then number six or whatever it was is cool cool and professional <laughs> and get it well, well, well yeah that, that is uh, yes that'll be that'll be no but i think after i actually quite like it when people have gone and done videos themselves yeah because then they've they've refined what it is that they want by the time they come to me and also they understand why they need me so they do not quibble when i send them an invoice <laughs> Cool. And um and then you also do uh you've got a podcast. Uh I do have, I do have a podcast. Fashion yes. project, I think. Uh tell, tell us a bit about that. So yeah, the podcast is called Netflix versus Cinema. And this has come about because um years ago I was on hospital radio and everything I've done, as you as I mentioned, film, my first love. And um so when I went, I started wanted to do some radio stuff. I did some radio stuff when I was doing my course, the science radio production as well. And when I went to, when I moved to the Isle of Wight, I got involved in hospital radio, did some, did a show about film. And it was called, They Don't Make Them Like They Used To. Where we, because of the average age of the people in the hospital on the Isle of Wight is 55, we started to talk about old movies. And then we moved to a community radio station where we spoke about film. And we, we just did a film review show of what we've seen in the cinema that week. Then while we were doing that, somebody pointed out that I don't really go to the cinema anymore because, uh, and they were like, I don't really go to the cinema anymore because I just stay at home and watch Netflix. I mean, it's cheaper, it's it's more convenient. And we started realizing because of the three of us who originally started doing the podcast where we're film buffs, we love going to the cinema, we love that whole thing. And so we always think, yeah, that's the ultimate way to watch a film is go, to go to the cinema, watch it. But when this person who was younger than all of us said, I don't really go to the cinema anymore because Netflix serves me better, we started realizing that there was a little bit of a tug of war happening I mean, with things, and then now you have like, you know, cost of living and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, and this is actually a real thing is, which one do you do, Netflix or cinema? So we ended up, we, when I left the Isle of Wight and we were no longer on the community radio station, we decided to continue doing a podcast because we've been doing it for years now. At six o'clock on a Thursday, we just meet up and we record and we chat about films. So we decided to keep it going. And that's been going now. I've actually lost counts. I know we have about 180 episodes of Netflix or cinema, where each each week we go to the cinema, we see see about three a, a maximum three films in the cinema. We see three things on streaming services. We rate them all out of five, and then we f- we figure out where was our money better spent this week at the end of the at the end of that. And uh, it's, it's it's good fun. It's good fun. And uh, after 180 episodes, I think we're getting pretty good at it. <laughs> yeah, it's quite a few, isn't it? Um, cool and. Um... Yeah, just this one last sort of question is, is: Do you think there are any sort of misconceptions about, uh, yeah, someone who does what you do, some video production for for small businesses? Is, is there anything that you want to dispel as a myth about what you what you do and and um, yeah, what your job involves? Yeah, the biggest one that I come across is that I'm a photographer. So people people think because I use a camera, that means that you can take photos as well. And for all my photographer um, colleagues out there, I would like to do this public service announcement on their behalf that just because somebody has a camera doesn't mean they can take a good photo. Because, <laughs> because um, I, I've had it out of on Joe's and people are like, oh, you got a camera, yeah, can you just take us a photo? And I'm like, 
and I want to I want to slap them. Quite frankly, I want to be like, no, I cannot take a photo. The camera is set up for video. It's a totally different skill set, a totally different set of settings to take the pic. I could probably take you a picture, but I would not sell myself as <laughs> a professional photographer because that's there's a reason. Video and photo are two different skills. There are some people who can, who do sell themselves as both, but my. I, I don't want to sort of disparage them because there's some people who are actually good at both. But if you're going to do a job, and I would say if anybody, if you're going to hire somebody to do a job, don't hire the same person. And just if there's only going to be one person to do your photos and your videos, because it's a totally different headspace that you have to be in to do one or the other. So I would, you're much better off getting, either if you have a company that has two people within it, and one person does the photos and one person does the videos, fine. But if you have one person who's going to show up and go and try and take pictures, well, at the same time, have to get some video footage, you're going to get substandard in both. So the biggest thing I would like to dispel is that um, is is that I am not a photographer. If somebody does videos, he's not a photographer. There's a second one. There's a second one that comes a close second. If I'm if if I'm going to if I'm going to do a video for one minute. It's not going to take me one minute to make the video. <laughs> a one minute video takes a lot more than a minute. Let's just put it that way. A one minute video probably, if I'm going to be honest, takes at the very least, and this is rushing it, two hours to make. When you see a one minute segment on the news, they have been working on that for like the whole day. That could have been 12 hours of stuff or one minute of stuff you've seen on the news. So um, I like to just say that to anybody who's like, oh, but what am I paying you for? Why are you charging me so much? It was only a minute. It's like, yeah, it does not take I'd, a minute. I listened to a podcast with um, Joe Wilkinson on it. And he's, he's the guy on um, 8 out of 10 cats and they do the yeah, 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 down yeah. thing. And they had um, yeah. Susie Dent from Dictionary Corner on their episode recently. They said to get from the sort of the intro to saying hi to her and it's like in the sort of intro of the show basically it's sort of two hours yeah. worth of, of filming uh, of filming yeah to get that edited down to that i couldn't believe it so so yeah to, to get the one minute video <laughs> i can totally see yeah. how it would take take that amount of time um yes. yeah always surprising and um yeah as a, as a sort of tradition now uh what's your your favorite local business that, that local business now this this is a this is a funky one because obviously I'm, I'm in a business network so you think i'd want to nature one of my <laughs> one of the ones in the business network but at the same time i'm also building uh, i'm having a garden office i'm having a garden office uh, because at the moment i'm recording this from my from what is going to be my daughter's bedroom so my wife and my daughter are sort of looking at me saying get out of here get out of the house so i'm getting a garden office being delivered and a, a couple of people have helped me in getting this done and there's a guy called dave brace dave brace he's a retired builder but he still does things he still does things for he says for people he likes and i would like to shout out um uh, of dave uh, I'll, I'll put it this way. He's tr he's trying to be undercover. He used to have a he has a, this red pickup truck, like a Nissan pickup truck that used to have his name, the name of his business on the side of it. And he's recently taken it off because he says people <laughs> are calling him and he he doesn't want people to, he doesn't want people to sort of like you know ask him. But he is my favorite local business at the moment because I came up with somebody who didn't know that much when it came to building stuff, when it came to sort of like digging up a digging like excavating some ground for my garden so that I could actually 
that that could be the site of the whole thing and asking stupid questions and doing stupid things and he was really patient and i don't think he charged me what he would have usually charged me because somehow he likes me but um i would say dave brace dj brace building um in bromsgrove um a big shout out to him and if people listen to this and start bothering him and start finding him i go just tell him tosin sent you that's it yeah you've ruined this you ruined this retirement now <laughs> <laughs> i've ruined it Cool. I, there's there's sort of loads more that I, I feel like I could ask you, and um, I think video is really important. And, and as you've seen, as you've seen, I'm not, I'm not shy about talking about anything. <laughs> I could be talking for I could be talking for ages. So yeah. No, I, I feel yeah, exactly. I feel like we barely scratched the surface um, of yeah, the video and video marketing and how important it is and, and let alone getting into anything sort of technical with editing and production <laughs> or anything like that. Um, yeah. But where can people find you if they want to? Um, what's the best way of getting in touch with you? Oh, best way of getting in touch with me is to go to my website. So if you go into, if you go to Toes In, so as I said, T O E S I N, things at the end of your feet, toesin.com. And um, if you go to my website, you can contact me there. And uh, you can find me across most social media apart from probably TikTok. So I'm on Instagram, I'm on, um, I'm on Instagram, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and Twitter at toes in video so t-o-e-s-i-n video at toes in video perfect i'll put all links to that in the show notes and, and uh and a link to the um your top tips uh page as well for, for people yes to get easy access to that uh and hopefully yeah people do get in touch if they've got any um video requirements but um yeah like i say there's loads more so we might have to get you back on uh for, an, for another episode <laughs> but it's been really good having you and um, yeah, yeah. yeah thank you so much Thank you very much for the opportunity. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast, please email me at chris at chrishazelmortgages.co.uk. Speak to you next time.